Welcome back to the Triple Team Podcast. I'm Sarah Ko, the presenter of this podcast and one of the editors of Annenberg Media Sports. There's a lot happening in the sports world right now, and it can get kind of confusing. But rest assured, the Triple Team will break that down for you in this episode. Stay tuned to listen to Jared, Taj, and Daniel spell out the MLB, NFL, NBA, and MLS. Welcome back to week six of the Triple Team podcast. We took a little bit of a hiatus last week, but no matter, we're back. As always, I'm Jared Castillo. I'm a graduate student at USC, and with I'm, me is... I'm Daniel Huynh. I'm a junior at USC. Taj Mayfield, sophomore at USC. And this week, we kind of... We have a lot of things to talk about, so let's start off with the one thing that Daniel does not like. We'll talk about the MLB. And guys, I don't know if you guys heard, but the Houston Astros, they're in a lot of stuff the last couple days. I actually did see that on Twitter. It was yeah. like they were cheating back, like sick pitching signals or something like that. Yeah, so what they were doing was they had a camera okay. pointed at the catcher, and Whenever the catcher would do a specific pitch called a changeup, they would bang on a drum or like bang on a trash can so that if it's a, a, a changeup, it would go boom, boom. And then the hitter would know what it is. With that in mind, there it's very, very, very complicated because they said that there's so many different factors that play into it. Like they had, you know, executives asking like scouts, hey, what's going on? Can you cheat for us? Oh, stop. Is that like one of those unwritten rules of baseball, or is that like a real violation? So it's it, good thing you bring that up. So it it falls under two categories: tipping pitches, which a batter can do just by watching a pitcher, that's fine. But if they use cameras to signal it in real time, then that becomes illegal. It's kind of a weird thing, but a lot of people are really not into it. And Daniel, you can get your jump in here real quick. Man, it's like cheating taken to like. A creative level. I mean, the cynic in me is telling, like, it's telling me, like, of course, this is this is how the world works. Of course, this would happen. But otherwise, I mean, obviously, I don't condone this. It's just, it's astonishing how crazy teams, like, if they want to go there, they get. It's it's crazy how creative they can be. Yeah, and it's interesting because this happened in 2017 when the Astros actually won the World Series. And people are wondering, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I wonder how much of the players have been involved. Because one thing I know for sure is pitcher Justin Verlander has been, like, I, I think he's been one of the more outspoken critics of PEDs and, like, and stuff. So right. if, if it comes out that, like, he's one of the people that knew about this, mm-hmm. he loses all credibility right there. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of their pitchers back in 2017, he plays for the uh, athletics now, I think. Mm-hmm. His name is Mike Fires, and he's the one that actually said on record that, oh, back in 2017, we had these cameras pointed directly at the catcher so that whenever they do, like, the change-up sign, we can know, and then someone would tell us from the dugout just by banging the trash can that a change-up is coming. Man, that is gnarly. Yeah, and Taj, as someone who doesn't watch baseball, like, yeah, what do you what do you think about that? I honestly just want to see what they can do because I know like in college sports it was like that they would like vacate the wins or t- but this is a professional sport right so I feel like there's never been a championship vacated and although it seems serious I haven't seen anybody like call for that right so I want to see what exactly they can do like what's the punishment going to be right and I think 
you when you say vacated title, I think that's what it's it might ultimately come down to because there's like a lot of things that the MLB can do to punish the Astros, but a lot of people on social media have been saying vacate the title. Maybe it's the Dodgers actually winning because if they weren't doing that, I think they went eight and one at home. And it's just such a crazy story. Would that really feel like a window, I'm, Daniel, as a Dodgers fan, if you guys win that way, even though you I, know you got cheated? I, I'm not a baseball fan, but, like, I will say this. Like, vacating the title is not really a good idea, in, in my opinion, because I even I even don't agree with this when I do this with college football teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the memories have been made. It's it's happened. Right. Like, like, what can you do if you vacate a title? But at the end of the day, you saw it with your own eyes. Reggie right. Bush won the Heisman. So it, even if they made the Astros vacate the 27 title, gave the Dodgers at the in the hearts of everyone, we all know the Astros won. I mean, they won it dirty, but they 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 won nonetheless. So what do you propose MLB does? Ban people, ban people from ever coming into professional baseball ever again. Who in particular? The the I mean, it it it, it this is where it gets complicated. Like those who are strictly responsible. Right and and suspend players players that knew but didn't do anything. I mean, who knew? But you know, it wasn't completely their fault. But they should have said something. Right. And the main thing right now is we don't know how deep this goes. We know that an executive was telling scouts. We don't know if it was the manager himself or even the players. So we don't know how how far or how deep this goes. We will probably know in the next few months. But it's it's. It's weird because, you know, I can't see a guy like Jose Altuve, mm-hmm. like, participating in the scandal. When it comes out, like, I'm afraid, like, we're going to see some names we, we, like, we didn't expect to be on that list. Right. And you bring up Jose Altuve. There's actually videos uh, pulled up by someone on Twitter and on YouTube called John Boy Media. He's pulled up different instances where Alex Bregman or Evan Gaddis, Carlos Beltran, all those names they've been paying attention to that bang-bang so that they know what pitch is coming. So all those, even George Springer, like all those people, even if, you know, unknowingly, they are part of it now. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, if it comes to that, like, I mean, those guys sh- should have lighter sentences, but they should be punished. Right. And I'm saying this to the, to the people that were directly involved. If I were Rob Manfred, I would ban them for a long period of time. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. And speaking of people that have been gone from a particular sport, Colin Kaepernick, he is he back? You guys tell me. Um, I think skill-wise, based on all the videos I've seen and like Adam Schefter reported and exec was like, he looked excellent, his arm looked excellent. He's never really left, but I don't think he's coming back. You can just tell by how certain analysts who clearly have like a connection to the NFL how they've been reacting lately, saying how, like, he turned into a publicity stunt and all this. So that's clearly a representation of how the NFL feels. So I don't think see him coming back in the NFL. I don't see it either. I just I just think his time has passed. Even if he came back, it's he's never going to be that quarterback we saw earlier in his career ever again. And I don't know what the—I'm not exactly sure what the NFL gets in this. Maybe— for publicity to a certain to the audience, the NFL alienated in the Colin Kaepernick case. But other than that, like, what would the league have to gain from this? It's it's like him coming back will kind of be like, honestly, a little bit like Tim Tebow 
again. He would be like a Tim Tebow type of figure. But I mean, I don't, I don't really care f- for him coming back or not. I think he's done. Right. It's interesting you bring that up because he said that he he's willing to play anywhere. And uh, an NFL executive who was actually at the workout said that his arm is still elite. So I just want to pose that question to you guys. If you guys were a general manager in the NFL, would you actually take the chance? Let's say, what is a, a struggling team right now? A struggling quarterback team. First one that comes to mind is the Bears. Right. We've got Trubisky at quarterback. I, I still think Trubisky's, even Trubisky's better than Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is a, a grade-A backup best in today in today's league. Even into his early days, his yeah, his arm is strong. He had legs, but that's he was an unrefined quarterback even in his best days. Hmm. So like in terms of like talent, overall talent, like Kaepernick wasn't even that good in his good days. All he he was a game manager. So unless Kaepernick's open to be a backup, I'm that's all I could see it as. Right, Tosh. I think no, I think Daniels forgotten how good Cap was. He was pretty good as a start like remember Alex Smith was a game manager for the 49ers and then Cap actually brought in like a dynamic element of being able to run and he had like that rushing playoff record I forgot what the exact true, numbers were true but like all fell apart after um Harbaugh was fired and it, it was to me that was like the proof that Harbaugh was the one doing the business for Colin Kaepernick and you know it, it was kind of proof that Colin Kaepernick is is honestly mediocre on his own so, I mean even then I don't think he's a top 10 or even a starting quarterback, but if you look at the quarterbacks that have been like playing this season, you can't tell me he's not better than some of those names. Uh, so Yeah, true, but like... Um, correct me if I'm wrong. There's 96 quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Uh, if you go three deep? I don't think all teams most, go three deep. Most teams, like honestly... At least mo- 60, though. Yeah, right. Most teams don't even go three deep now. In all, in my honesty, like from what I've seen, most teams go two deep because there's yeah. only 53 man rosters. Right, and so back to Taj's point. So there's no there's no spot for him in the NFL with all those six. I I think there is a spot for him, but it would honestly just be for purposes of publicity. Right, and speaking of that, when he concluded his workout, he said, "When you go back, tell your owners to stop being scared." I just want to get your guys' opinions on that. He's right on the issue. I agree with Colin's political viewpoints. Not trying to get political, but you know, it's I'm not I'm not shocked he would say something like that. Yeah, I'm not shocked either. It's a accurate assessment of how owners have been. Like he's clearly better than a large amount of backups, but they're scared of the publicity that will come along, and as well as like he just got he had he filed a lawsuit against the NFL, and now you sign him. Obviously, there's going to be some backlash from NFL higher ups. So that's a reason for them to be scared. I'm, I see him as a. I'm gonna be brutally honest. I think I see him as a good candidate for the XFL. <laughs> he, I'm I'm not joking. All that right. that team's always looking for for that league's always. I mean, it's getting up, so it needs all the talent I can get. Doesn't like LA have an XFL team? Yes, the Los Angeles Wildcats. That's not a nice name. But you know what is a nice name? What the LA Lakers? <laughs> yeah, the LA Lakers are. That has a nice tune to it. And. The Lakers surprisingly have been doing very, very, very well. Ten and two, I believe. I think it's eleven and two. Eleven and two. They they beat the Hawks the other night. Destroyed the Hawks. Yes, and yeah. and Trey Young. Trey Young's and he he's gonna be an elite player in like five years. Trey Young's elite right now. I've been on the Trey Young fan club. He's crazy good. He is talented. 
he is. And I'm kind of interested to get your guys' take on the Lakers and the Celtics because the Lakers, I think it's, what it, what is it, 2010 all over again? The Lakers and the Celtics back on top of their respective conferences. What do you guys think about the new-look new Lakers and the new-look Celtics? I think the Lakers are here to stay. I think the Celtics will probably fall off as the season continues because right now the Sixers are, I don't know what's going on with the Sixers, but they just haven't looked good at all. Not what you've expected. They can't really close out close games. But the Celtics are just playing great team basketball. They're passing the ball more. Kimba fits better than Kyrie did. And before Gordon Hayward broke his hand, I believe, he was mm-hmm. playing like Utah Gordon Hayward. Right. So they've been good, but I don't see them staying at the top of the East throughout the playoffs or anything. Right. LeBron, AD, will keep the Lakers on top for most of the season. With the Celtics, it's back to pre-Kyrie Boston again. Mm-hmm. Is is The thing is, though, they're... Boston stars, unlike LA stars, the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're both re- they're really still unproven. So I I think the Celtics could drop to three or four. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is game we're like twelve games in an eighty two season. Right. So the the Miami Heat in their first year were like nine and eight, and they went to the finals later that season. Right. So I don't think they're gonna be obvious. I don't think the Celtics will stay at one, but. Knowing that Brad Stevens is one of the best coaches in the association, right. I think they'll he'll keep those guys in the three to four range in the East. Okay. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about both teams is that even though it's like viewed as an offensive league right now, like everybody just scoring crazy, right. the Lakers and Celtics are one and two in on defensive ratings, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're one and two in the, overall rating, the, the Lakers shows are, that how much defense still matters. The right. the Lakers are an incredibly physical team. It's I mean, maybe I've been all minute. I've only I've mostly watched Lakers and, and a, a few teams this season, but I think we've I I'm crazy to say this, we've kind of stepped away from the Steph Curry like hyper three point shooting um type of basketball for a bit, and we've mm-hmm. kind of weirdly reverted back to old school basketball this season. And you think so? I mean, maybe I'm watching too much Lakers, but like I want to see how many three point pointers teams have taken this season. Yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting to point out because there's a lot of teams in the league that are still well, I wouldn't say they're still holding on to that old style of playing because like the San Antonio Spurs, they've been playing the same way every year. Mid range, mm-hmm. like kick it out for three, but they're on this like they're on this losing streak. Would them playing that style of basketball, the MJ esque basketball, do you think it's time for them to worry that they're on this losing streak and maybe this is the year that they finally just. I mean, I've been stop. I've yeah. been oh, just you go. can go down. Sorry, I've been rooting. Okay, I'm not been rooting, but I, I've I felt like the the Spurs have been needing to rebuild for like the longest time now. Right. I think it's it's time for them to go, unless you want to be the eighth, the sixth seed every year, and right. like, that leads to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, like like teams have to face it. These these cycles are secular, and you gotta blow it up. I think that's the biggest mistake Miami made when mm-hmm. LeBron left. When the second LeBron left, you should have blown it, blown it up from there. And especially at that time, as the new crop of prospects were coming in, Kate, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, right, they're all coming in. So yeah, I, the the Spurs should honestly just move on, let this go. Yeah, I think the Spurs are stuck because they didn't handle the whole Kawhi situation properly. Right, instead of like. Fully rebuilding and like blowing it up post Kawhi, they try to put a bandaid on it with um, Demar Derozan, and Demar Derozan's style doesn't fit today's NBA. Right. So as long as they have Demar Derozan and they have Lamarcus Aldridge to like 
mid-range centric players, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to compete with this style of like pace and threes. Right, and it's interesting you bring that up because Demar is actually getting a lot of attention from the Magic. Yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah, so if in a hypothetical situation, if San Antonio were to trade Demar to the Magic, what would you get in return? I would honestly just try to trade for like young pieces, maybe a forward or like not even a forward, just draft picks. Honestly, right? Like Mobamba is not really being used. I take Mobamba as a big man or something mm-hmm. like that, because. If you look at the Spurs core of who actually fits the current NBA, right. Dewante Murray, Derek White, uh, Lonnie Walker, those guys are like young 20s, so right. you need young pieces. They're not competing in today's NBA anyway. So I, you might as well just wait and rebuild. I mean, one thing I should point out, I think it's honestly, and it's been apparent from like what he said in the media the last two seasons, I think it's apparent that Greg Popovich should retire. It's It's clear that he's not in love with the game anymore right and he's finding new ways to be irritated every time so i think uh, for the spurs point of view if i'm the owner like i would import like pop you've had a great career it's it's clear you don't really love it anymore and right. you should just let hang up your hang up your jacket right and i think he is training you know tim duncan becky hammond yeah. and all those all those people on the bench to supersede him when the time is right but the thing is Similarly to you, I think he has lost passion for the game. That's why he's always getting ejected and stuff. But the thing is, who else could feasibly replace him? I seriously think that Becky Hammond, of all the assistant like coaches on that team, yeah. is is ripe to be a great NBA coach if she's just given the proper shot. Right. Yeah, some combination of Becky Hammond and Tim Duncan. And if you there's a, going to be a franchise to have like a woman be the first head coach it would be the Spurs so someone has to do it great one right someone has to do it why not the Spurs right yeah and I've talked about there's been a little bit of reversion to the old basketball I I still think that will probably the current basketball will still be dominant it's just the Lakers are like anomalies but I I think Becky fits today's NBA all right that's fair that's fair and speaking of fit Mello he's back hashtag free Mello (laughs) he's back He's with the Blazers. What are your guys' expectations? Because just to really quickly put this out there, with the Rockets in 10 games, in 29 minutes, he averaged 13 points, 5 rebounds, half an assist, and he was a negative 6.3. With all that in mind, what are you guys, your expectations on Melo? I see the whole Melo situation going one of two ways. Either he can embrace his role player status, kind of like, what Dwight is doing mm-hmm. in LA and like kind of etch a more permanent spot in the NBA just by coming in, providing scoring off the bench because his Blazers don't really have a four. Right. So just being a good stretch four, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or CJ McCollum is struggling right now. So I could see him in like a terrible world of <laughs> his ego being enlightened and him just kind of trying to step into that beta dog role right. and score or feel that third piece, which he was supposed to do like four years ago for the Blazers. Right. He tries to live out that fantasy, and it kind of ends terribly. So one of those two. One of those two, Daniel? I personally don't care. <laughs> wow. Okay. I think I think his career is done. Is It's done, though. I mean, it, it died. But Ooh. I just... One thing I will say this for sure, he's a role player position now. My the thing I don't get for for Carmelo at the stage of his career, he should try to get that one title. And like the the Blazers are not going to give it you that. So like why are why are you going to Portland? 
I think the whole Portland thing was a desperate situation. This was kind of his last chance. The Blazers have been trying to get mellow since he was like in New York. And he just kept, kept telling them no, no. But Pers- finally, this was like the last team to offer him again. I, if yeah. I were mellow, I would have fought to get on the Lakers because the Lakers were aiming for like more experienced players, and they, I mean, Carmelo would have fit with that mold, and he's and he's good friends with with LeBron James. Yeah, that's the thing. Though I feel like if the Lakers actually wanted him and LeBron's on the team. He would have been on the Lakers, but right. I don't think the Lakers won. Because the see, the thing is, Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded coach, right? Yes, we've like history, yeah. right? Indiana, and we're really seeing it now. Yeah, and the thing with Carmelo is, he's a great offensive talent, but he is like a sheet of paper. No defense. He can't move his feet. <laughs> right. You could literally like, well, don't do it, but like stick a pencil through it, and it will go through. That's kind of like the defense he plays. He's porous, so. Again, I could see why the Lakers chose not to do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, defense, it wins championships ultimately. And because that's such a big thing nowadays, the Clippers have to be excited to get Paul George back. Because no offense, Taj, he lit up the Pelicans. He and he lit up the Hawks too in 20 minutes. I don't know. What do you guys think about PG coming back? And the Clippers, even though they have like a pedestrian record right now, they're with PG back. They're gonna look pretty solid, don't you guys agree? Jerry West came by to one of my classes the other night, and brag about the, it. By the tone, by the tone that he was given, despite the poor record, I think people. I get the feeling maybe it's just it's just him, but I get the impression that the Clippers, the people in the Clippers organization, are ecstatic about where they're going so far, and it's only the start of the season. I personally, I think the Clippers are with PG PG back. They're going to get the Lakers for a run. Yeah, I think honestly think the Clippers are better than the Lakers. you got Kawhi and PG. They've kind of been like blue ball in the league of like Kawhi's been doing this whole low management thing. Right. Like every other game. PG, he's obviously been recovering. So we haven't even seen them together yet. Right. And the fact that they still have like a top four record in the West. Yeah. Even though it's like you don't really see much of it right now. Mm-hmm. That's still very impressive to say you're playing without one of your two best players every night. Just, go ahead, just go. one random thing. Um, this could come in during the playoffs. The home field advantage thing in the playoffs, this could really affect the Clippers. Remember, for years at Staples Center, the Clippers didn't really, I mean, to, like to this day, they don't really have a home field advantage at, at Staples Center. And even at Clipper home games at Staples Center against the Lakers, the Lakers fans outmatch them. So this it could be like a, a big thing going into the, into like, I don't know, the Western Conference Finals if it comes to that. So like that that's going to get the Lakers an edge. When honestly, it comes to June, May or June, honestly, I feel like that might work in the Clippers' favor. That underdog, like even though we're at home, technically we're still being, we're still hearing Lakers chants, especially when you have like Pat Beverly on defense, kind of hyping up everybody. Then you've got Kawhi, who has like no emotions. I don't think he cares. <laughs> He's a the, robot. Yeah, the only player something like that might affect is probably Paul George, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I don't really see that being too big of an issue, especially with Doc Rivers as the coach. I feel like he'll find a way to turn it into motivation. I'm just uh, I'm just going to throw this out to you guys. Potentially, their closing five could be Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, Kawhi, PG, and Montrez Harrell. If that starting five doesn't scare you, I don't know what will, defensively at least, because, my God. It's it's definitely intimidating. And before this, when people when teams get you know good players, they usually go on these like five-year runs. And at the end of this five-year runs, like the Clippers are probably going to have one to two rings out of, out of this. I mean, as a Laker fan, that that saddens me. Right. But 
Yeah, so I mean the Clippers are that good. But the good the good news is in the next couple of years I think LeBron will at least get one ring and at least we'll we'll tie we'll tie Boston for the most rings ever. And we'll still mm. have Los Angeles. So right. we will always have Los Angeles. The Clippers will always be nothing. Okay. Well, speaking <laughs> of always having Los Angeles, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he left as the resident MLS guru. What are your thoughts on that, Daniel? I'm relieved. He's gone. Okay. And I hated him anyway. Not the uh, not the response I was hoping for. What uh, about you, Daniel? I have no Nothing? opinion whatsoever. I like this Instagram post. who's like, um, Zlatan came or whatever, and he's like, you're welcome. I thought that yeah. was funny. His cockiness is always funny, but right. I don't really have an opinion on it. All right. I, it's just going to make El Trafico's easier for right. me. I mean, like, there for as an LAFC supporter, we uh we had a disappointing end to the season, so we have bigger things to worry about. Then, mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest thing next season is, can we please win the cup? It's just like my biggest fear with you know with with these LA teams is like the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs. Right. So I don't I don't want to catch the Dodger syndrome, that that sad infestation of that disease. You know. So with that in mind, who do you feel is gonna take Zlatan's spot or is anyone going to take a spot my hope is this seriously screws the galaxy for for at least a season or two okay. and and you know that gives my like you know my club the club i root for some leverage and 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 you know the staking grounds of who has the leverage in, in the city right and with carlos vela there i'm pretty sure everything's gonna turn out fine we we just what we what LAFC needs to focus on this off season is we need to consider we obviously need a goalkeeper. I think Tyler Miller is not going to work. He he's proven to be too timid in in tight situations. Also on the defensive on the on the defensive line, we have to we obviously got out bullied by we got bullied flat out bullied by Seattle in that game. So we got to think about getting rid of some of our defenders and bulking up in size and physicality. Um, I think our midfielders and strikers are great, but we need some help from from the other side as other side as well. We also need to consider getting someone that that could hit the ball in. If you look at our stats, we draw a lot of corners, but we don't really make use of those corners because we have no no one tall or physical enough to hit the ball into the back of the net. So there's some things we have to work on this coming off season. Right, and with that. I just want to end the uh, the triple team podcast with a uh, a little bit of a, a note because of um there's so many things happening nowadays and sometimes it's really hard to to get control of your emotions and so I just want to posit this out to everyone that if you guys are feeling some type of way please don't hesitate to reach out there's so many people out there that are struggling internally but you don't have to if you're dealing with something please seek help because there's nothing wrong with asking for help and you're going to be better off for it. It's a tough step, but if you know, if you're dealing with something, if you're feeling some type of way, please, please, please reach out. There are many different avenues you can go about that and a better way to live life and have a better outlook. And so with that, I am Jared Castillo. I'm Jared Nguyen. I'm Taj Mayfu. And thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Triple Team Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with this podcast and all USC sports news, follow at Ann Media Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Triple Team Podcast plays every Wednesday.